Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Two Officers and a Gentleman. I'm your host, David Eric, and joining me, as always, are my compadres, Dave Labossiere and Nielsen Munn. Gentlemen, how are we? Uh, David, let's start with you. This is your first fall in New Hampshire. You are still relatively new to the Keene area, so uh, how's it going up there? I'm I'm freezing cold. It's, it's cold in New England. That's... <laughs> That's not entirely true. Uh, it's we had a few days of of actual freezing temperature at least overnight and in the mornings, uh, but it's bounced back. We had a, a couple of days of summer last weekend, because that's how New England works. You um, will literally freeze one day and the next day go out in shorts and a and a cut off t shirt. New England, you it is possible to get all four seasons in one day. Yes. So yeah. Yes. And the past few days have actually been quite lovely. Some nice actual fall weather. Hmm. If you're a true New Englander, you might go out in cutoff shorts and a tank top even when it's 10 below. Yes. I have seen those guys yeah. who are like, oh, it's it's negative 10 Fahrenheit. A fleece should do it, do me. That's that's good. <laughs> I'm wearing I'm wearing my boots, so these shorts are fine. Uh, Mike Lane, one of our roommates essentially from our time at, at Gordon College was very much like that that he just wore shorts all the time he was that guy uh just never bothered by the cold he grew up in Massachusetts his whole life so he was he was just a shorts all the time kind of guy but sometimes, yeah, yeah here in New York in the springtime sometimes I become that guy from Maine that's like eating lunch outside once it's above 40 degrees like the first hint of spring thaw you know I'm out there it's also entirely relative. Like I've been wearing my fleece as often as not these days. Um, but if, if it was spring and we were, we were hitting the fifties and sixties, I would absolutely be going out and just like a t-shirt, but because it's, it's falling yeah. from summer. I'm like, well, you're like, maybe I break out the fleece today. I feel like it's a fleece kind of day. Yeah. I'd been missing the fleece. Let's, let's be honest. Just speaking as a former New Englander myself, fall is like the best time in New England. Uh, yeah. This is the time, you know, late late summer, August into October is the best time in New England. So this is the time that I miss it. The we most. are hitting peak foliage. So it must be incredible. I, I was just up there. In fact, I just stayed with Dave over the weekend and the, my drive home took me down through New Hampshire and Vermont and the foliage was already incredible. And we're still like a week away from at least from the peak. So yeah, no, it's it's great when we get there. Nielsen, how are you doing these days? I'm doing okay. I just mentioned off mic that I am moving in two weeks, so I have a lot of preparations to do for that, and it's not off to a good start. I discovered that Con Edison does not have my new apartment in their directory, so that seems like a problem. What is Con Edison? Oh, it's the local utility provider in for the New York region where you'd get like your electricity from. So, so you're not going to, so you just have to get a new electricity utility? I don't exactly know. I, I, I don't know what my game plan is at this point. I looked up my address, my new address to get my utilities hooked up and they were like, no such address exists. Please enter a valid address. So at this point, it's still like DVD. <laughs> Is it like that old Family Guy episode where they, they go to get a zoning permit and his house is just not on the map for some reason? <laughs> yeah. And he yeah, starts I mean, his own country. So you, are you going to found your own country? 
it's that kind of thing. It's like no such apartment exists. So I guess you could say I'm going off the grid when I this move. Is, or like this is the beginning of a Twilight Zone episode. Yes, which we've already established that my new building has some occult association. So mm -hmm. maybe this is another reason mm -hmm. to be concerned. <laughs> so, so far we have my, my new building is owned. Well, I'm, I shouldn't give away too much personal information about my own address, but let's just say that the name of the building and the property management company that owns it are both words that have occult associations. And I won't say more than that because I don't want people looking up my address, our, our four fans, when they listen to And now I find they, out that I'm apparently not on Con Ed's directory. So I'm clearly just moving into a black abyss. When I'm, I'm just surprised by this because I would assume that, like, for electricity, the apartment building would be responsible for making sure that you have electricity. And, like, you would pay the apartment building as part of your rent would be, you know, your utility bill would, would be in there. Is that not the case? Certain utilities are included. And this is great content here. <laughs> I would say heat and hot water are standardly included. Um, electricity you typically have as a separate bill in New York. I wonder, take, if, I wonder if, I wonder if they, yeah. Well, and if your address doesn't pop up anywhere, I wonder if it's because they, the apartment building is going to handle that. I shouldn't assume yeah, I, that, obviously. If I was moving in, I'd, I'd look this up. I would say I'm cautiously optimistic that I will eventually get electricity. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, it's the, the obvious solution that I had in mind appears to have hit a, a dead end. So I'm not Ooh. sure where, where we go from here. Okay. So this, these are the kind of things that are preoccupying me. It was that, and then I shared with you guys the other day, I need to figure out how to cancel my Spectrum Wi-Fi subscription as well. And shocker, they don't have like a large button for that purpose on their webpage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I probably need like a notarized printed letter that will take seven to 10 days to be shipped or something like that. So. Well, you would want Wi-Fi, can you just move it? Can you just move Spectrum to your new address? Well, uh, Wi-Fi is actually included as one of the utilities in my new rent, funnily enough. So. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Amazing. So just so quick, this, quick, quick so this occult management company of your building here yeah. includes Wi-Fi, correct, but not actually electricity. Correct. Yes, I have well, to set up an electricity utilities subscription, if that's the right term, on my own separately but Wi-Fi is included as like a bundled group rate that's in your rent. So is, is electric provided by like um, some sort of ritual animal sacrifice? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I mean, this, this is what remains to be discovered. I was gonna say, I assume they need electricity to like light the whatever decorations they use for their occult rituals but maybe it's all strictly you know analog it's just like candles it's all, all candles. candles yeah yeah it's all it's all candles <laughs> maybe it just all happens in the dark you know i guess i'll find out in two weeks but the wi-fi is stellar yeah exactly but i do have uh you know wi-fi and cable included so i'm actually saying this this is hilarious Fantastic. to me that in in 2020 we have now determined that Wi-Fi is more basic yeah. to existence in the city than electricity. Mm. I, I assume the water just comes from a well. 
I'm happy to say that water is also included. We haven't reached that point yet where they're like, so you have cable and you have fast dial-up Wi-Fi, but I'm afraid that um, we can't include water. You're on your own for that. So I'll be fetching it from a nearby brook or something like that. Huh. This, is, this is fantastic. I, I just, I'm learning things right here on the podcast. Well, that's this great. That's why we podcast. I had never considered it from that perspective. I'm again. I'm just a country bumpkin from Maine, so I, I, I do not understand the ways of your, of your big city. But that just seems interesting to me, that you would have to go out and get your own electricity, but they would include Wi-Fi. Yeah, I mean, of course, up in Maine, you're just completely on your own. Up in Maine, yeah. it's just like gather your own kindling, you know. Uh, build your own outhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. Uh, well. This is uh, our, we just kind of started our second year here in Levittown, but we've had a lot of big personnel changes at, at the core. So it, it does kind of feel like a lot of things are, are brand new for us. Um, but perhaps the most surprising development of the last couple of weeks is that Jesse has become a fan of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Really? Which I think. Mm did not see coming apparently there is a show on country music television called making the team and it is entirely about the dallas cowboys cheerleading squad and okay the rigorous process that they have to go through in order to be on the team uh makeovers dance routines interviews i mean it's it's like yeah. it's crazy and she jesse just loves that kind of reality reality television and she just got really into it uh and if you had i did not have jesse becoming a fan of the dallas cowboys cheerleaders on my 2020 bingo card no when you started that sentence i had no idea where you're going with it but it was not that was not where i was expecting it to land yeah so by proximity she now cheers for the dallas cowboys on sunday she oh, wants them to win right in philadelphia that's unfortunate um she yeah. cheers for them on anywhere sunday. But she does not want them to win. I mean, sorry, she does not want to watch them. She does. She wants okay. them to win, but she doesn't want to watch them. Uh, <laughs> what is kind of funny about watching the show is that a handful of times, like it's it's not uncommon for the Salvation Army National Advisory Board chairperson oh, yeah. Charlotte Jones to appear to <laughs> inspect the girls and see how things are going with the cheerleaders and the, you know, Jesse's always like, oh, she gives us money, uh, you know, or if they're practicing in the stadium, you know, you have the big Salvation Army shields lining, yeah, the, yeah. lining the ring there. Uh, so. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, that there would be a clear Salvation Army connection, even just in terms of the iconography that's visible in the background or whatever. Yeah, uh, and I, I will admit that there are, like, the lady who is responsible for, like, putting the team together is amazing. Like, she's, she's perfect for television. She is, like, the quintessential uh, southern Texas woman uh, with very strong opinions on how things ought to be, uh, very strong opinions on this is how we behave as ladies, we are the Dallas Cowboys. This is a standard that nobody, you know, we have the highest standards uh, in the industry. So yeah, Jesse has really uh, latched onto the show. That's sort of what she, 
keeps on in the background while she's either getting now, ready or, or winding down at the end of the night. My understanding is that some of the some of the NFL teams cheerleaders are just kind of grossly mistreated and some of those high standards become just uh, almost op- oppressive. Um, is that is that the case with the Cowboys or I know it's every team has their own system of doing things. So do you feel like the, the Cowboys cheerleaders ever cross into that territory where you feel like this is a little gross and unsavory? I have not felt that way. Uh, I think the fact that they're on television adds an element of accountability to it. You know what I mean? Like if there yeah. was, if there was some gross misconduct, uh, it would be, it would be called out. It would be dealt with. But Although the counterpoint hmm. is that there are some coaches in the NFL that have looked good on hard knocks and then the team went like two and 14. So television can be deceiving. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm just True. In fact, the very, fi- the, the teams that are on hard knocks are on hard knocks because the coaches couldn't say no. And the way that you, the coaches are able to say no is by making it to the playoffs. So the very fact that you're on hard knocks means yeah. that you weren't very good last year. Uh, is that why the Browns <laughs> seem to get disproportionately featured? <laughs> That's why they're always on hard knocks. Yeah, the Browns are oh, terrible. Poor, poor Browns. That's how America finds out who the next Browns head coach is. <laughs> and also who will be the first coach fired. <laughs> and who the new quarterback is. My guess is that uh, – Speaking of, of hard knocks in football, football has finally returned uh, after there was some question if that was going to happen. And with it comes my favorite pastime of the NFL season, which is the time between the times. Uh, and yes, uh, I think the best way of describing the time between the times is that hour after the four o'clock games have ended before the 8.30 Sunday night football game has begun. Mm-hmm. And this hour is very important for American men because they need to actually get up off of the couch for the first time in six or seven hours. And they need to do some chores in order to protect and save their marriages. <laughs> but this time between the times becomes absolutely crucial, but we kind of took a different spin on it. Uh, yes, I'm we trying, did. Very right. different. <laughs> so, uh, where where did it where did it why don't Nielsen, why don't you talk about what it became? So the origins of this concept lie with our mutual friend Drew Copeland, who was my roommate for to Drew. Four years. Yes, so he d- definitely deserves a shout out and a tip of the cap for this. Specifically, the term the time between times was something he introduced to me. Not that it's really, you know, that obscure or specific a term, but he was reading a fantasy novel in which there was something called the time between times. And I'm not sure the nature of it. I think it may have been in this legendarium of this novel, like a historical mythic era. Um, I don't think it was something that recurred and was very like narrowly defined, like we've made it. I think it was more like, um, you know, we would talk about like the Pleistocene era or something. It was like a long ago time and it was referred to as the time between times. But he loved that phrase and mentioned it to me. And I think it was me. It may have been him. But one of us made the application 
of that concept and that phrase to this hour or so between the end of the four o'clock games and the Sunday night game and the sense of being suspended in a liminal space and of the possibility that there was like magic in the air. <laughs> but any, anything is possible because we're, we've transcended into just this between space, you know. Right. We're, yeah. I think there's, a, there's an implication that like the earthly and the divine touch at the yes. time between time. <laughs> yeah, so there's something mystical about this yeah. time where time does not pass, it simply gathers. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, here's I what I would liken it to. You know when you've had like a, a, a sort of white noise or a lot, of, a lot of chatter, maybe a train thundering past for a long time and you've almost become numb to it and then it suddenly ceases. You know, the engine cuts out or whatever this sort of humming of a nearby piece of machinery just suddenly stops. And the silence is so striking because you didn't realize there was noise there. And it's like you've suddenly been cast into space. Okay. And it's almost like the silence, which is sort of the absence of something, has a positive presence that strikes you. I would right. say when there's suddenly no football on after seven hours, essentially, from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. of uninterrupted football on a Sunday and there's suddenly nothing on, it does feel like you've just suddenly been shot out into the vacuum of space. And yeah, like what am I supposed to do now? Yeah, and you're just drifting and it's like the sound cuts out and it's just like... <laughs> Silence, like so, he doesn't want a space odyssey, you know. So if I remember correctly, the first time you used the expression, the time between the times with us in a group text, you included a picture. Was it of like a shrine from Skyrim? I probably did. I don't remember this specifically. That's cool that you have a memory of like the very first instance of me bringing this up. But there probably was a Skyrim reference because... I think the fantasy novel that Drew got the phrase time between times from was probably very similar thematically to okay. the video game Skyrim. Gotcha. So Dave, uh, what has the time between the times ended up for us? Like how have we, have we, how have we adapted this? I'm going to start at the end of the story and then we'll circle back to the start because nonlinear storytelling is, is my jam. Uh, what it is now is during the football season, pretty much the regular season, we, we go on a three-week rotation where one of us, as we approach the time between times, will share a song with the others um, that gets added to an, an ongoing Spotify playlist. Um, I don't think I have an Apple playlist corollary. I should. Um, but we, we will take take turns choosing a song that we feel fits the mood of the time between times, uh, a soundtrack, if you will. Mm -hmm. And this is lengthy. And I think we're in the process of kind of uh, indexing the various choices uh, over the years. I, I want to say this goes back to 2017 where we, we didn't yes. have the rotation, uh, but we, we kind of settled on the initial soundtrack as 
um, Enya's performance of May It Be from the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which has a a hard to describe quality, uh, very ethereal, Mm -hmm. very contemplative, celestial, uh, melancholy, yet also hopeful. Yeah, I think at that stage in the the Lord of the Rings movies, that's it's the end of the first one, and they've realized that you know the their quest is not going to be as easy as they hoped, yet there is hope for a successful conclusion. So they're kind of at this emotional state of time between times, where they've <laughs> you know they've they've seen uh, party members fall and they're they're split at this point, yet they see a path forward. So that's uh, we've we've kind of hit this emotional state where it's a very specific emotional tone. That the very it's, first, it's, the it's very specific, first song is the like breaking of the fellowship. Yes. Do you remember what inspired the idea of a collaborative playlist? I, I the first year we, we we didn't have the the rotation established. I think we just slowly added like I think this song fits. I think this yeah. song fits. And it was the the 2018 season where we we kind of codified let's let's each take a turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I just mean like when did I don't even know how we got from like hey here's a picture of like a shrine of something for the time between times to hey let's make a playlist. And I think it started with me just every week sending you guys a link to the YouTube video of May It Be. <laughs> during the time between times i'd just be like because we had established this joke just at a very high level that that hour had a mystical quality to it yeah and then i would just send you a link to may it be and be like guess what time it is guys yeah that might be it i think i mean evolved from there i think we we expanded we could ask jeremy the hour we, yeah, could we, ask Jeremy. we should ask our our um, national security administration agent who's been assigned to our group chat yeah for those of you who don't understand jeremy is the uh hypothetical nsa agent that we believe uh keeps track of our group text um, I mean, un- undoubtedly listening into this right now i was about to say fictional but hypothetical is the better word because <laughs> like there's a good chance that there's truth here <laughs> he's just like on the other end just like i'm Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not sure we got the name right but the basic concept i'm sure so i you may be right about may it be and then it kind of went off from there and we found other other songs to to go to fit there yeah yeah i think enya's may it be and just the overall emotional atmosphere of that song is like the ur text for establishing the mood that we now call time between times right right Mm. Uh, but I, I w- would you say that like, we were talking the other day uh, in the, in a group text about how our our song choices have evolved. Mm-hmm. What do you mean that they've evolved? Our early picks are all fairly similar, and that we're we're really kind of sticking to that tone of like you can see yourself like driving or riding in a taxi, just like as the uh, like the rain streaks down the window. And you're just just waiting, just waiting for the next thing. So we have, like, wait for it from Hamilton uh, to tie into the last recording we did. We have uh, in the arms of the angel from Sarah McLachlan slash the, you know, ASPCA ads. Um, 
we, when we were still finding ourselves, we added Wake Me Up When September Ends by Green Day, which uh, we're recording here on the last day of September, so timely there. Um, some other Enya songs. Um, I don't actually have the dates we added these handy, so I'm, I'm not sure where that initial just kind of jumbled season ended and we started really, you know, taking it seriously. Um, <laughs> Introducing discipline and structure. Yeah. It actually looks like, based on the date added, that there were five songs added in 2016, and then we started going in 2017. But again, 2016 is very much like the embryonic yeah. stage of the playlist, yeah. where it's just like Dreams by the Cranberries. Exactly. I was going to yeah. mention that exact song. It was like, we're picking the low-hanging fruit. We're just like, what's another song that kind of plays the same role in a lot of people's music listening habits mm. as may it be, you know? For, so to answer your question about the evolution, um, just recently I was just questioning why um, the song Hallelujah, originally by Leonard Cohen, but probably I would have gone with the Jeff Buckley version. Um, I, I said I couldn't believe that was on the list and I, I meant like, I think that I went, I sent this to you and we just forgot to add it to the ongoing playlist. Um, and then, you know, I decided not to choose it for my last pick because it just felt like a, like a 2017 pick for us, like, like low hanging fruit. Uh, I don't even know if it really fits the TB tweet mood as much as it is just like you, you feel like it should, you know, yeah. when you're, when you're going through saying like making the playlist on your own per se, just saying like, Oh, this belongs, this belongs as opposed to our, uh, you know, I think we've each refined our selection processes in the time since then. Yes. To, you know, we, we have our own kind of diverse paths that we're choosing down and, you know, we, we all kind of have our go-to genres, but it's, it's developing from there. Yeah, I'm deaf in terms of our go-to genres. I'm definitely in the instrumental and like Celtic hymns. Yes, mm -hmm. like I'm. That's that's definitely my wheelhouse. Uh, Neil really likes these experimental, avant-garde people using their mouths in different ways to simulate instruments. Kind of, kind of songs. Yeah, I, I tend to go a lot with soundtrack choices, but often it'll be soundtracks, mm -hmm. uh, tracks from the soundtrack of very artsy movies. Like, I got at least two or three from the Phantom Thread soundtrack, which was composed by Johnny mm -hmm. Greenwood, the guitarist from Radiohead. And then I got one or two from the, the films of Hayao Miyazaki, specifically Spirited Away, which is a very Time Between Times movie. And then most recently, I got one from the movie Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm -hmm. This indie movie that has like a surrealist scene in the middle of it. And it uses strictly diegetic music as opposed to a traditional soundtrack where any music you hear in the film is actually being played in the context of the scene. But it's set in the 17th century. Mm -hmm. And rather than using music that sounds like actual 17th century music, they had modern music composed to evoke a mood or tone that would sound like the 17th century to a modern audience. 
So that's the kind of stuff that has now found its way into TBT, where the first year it was like sound of silence, you know, so. <laughs> mm -hmm. And to clarify, that's the uh, disturbed, the disturbed cover room. of the sound of silence, which yeah. I just like kind of chanced upon a performance of that on YouTube and realized like this is the greatest cover I've ever heard. <laughs> Without a uh, doubt. Yeah. And the, the lyrics of the sound of silence from Simon and Garfunkel are, are just great. Uh, but this with this cover, it, it's to the point now where I'd, I'd have a hard time listening to the Simon and Garfunkel because it's just such a emotional performance from from Disturbed and just mm -hmm. very musical and you know very time between times. <laughs> but but like you said, like we've really like moved on from that. Like I, that's 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 one of my favorite picks ever that that I found. But it was it was early on, and now I you know I feel like we we want to explore new avenues. Yeah, I would say now that the artist that you'd see listed in the Spotify playlist is more likely to be someone you've never heard of. Oh yeah, it'll be like a Polish yeah. composer of music for experimental films, you know, as opposed I... to you know the Cranberries. I, a number of times, though, like I've gotten a song from the time between the times, and then just explored that that artist catalog. Yeah. Uh, in the mm -hmm. in the week after or whatnot, like, oh hey, I I like this song. I should I should check out more and see what else they what else they can do. Um, but I I will say now now all all time between times playlist selections are inspired there's none that is more special than the other uh but there are there are some that sort of jump out to me more than others um and i will say of of if you take my selections off uh the sound of silence is definitely my favorite pick on of that's left uh i understand that our tastes have evolved but i am I'm not the music connoisseur in this group. I'm I'm the man of simple tastes, yeah. and <laughs> and I'm still I still love that that disturbed song. It is just so hauntingly perfect. That uh, mm. is the hauntingly perfect cover, and it's just in terms you know talking about song covers. It's one of those songs that you know takes the original and just take in a whole new direction. Just goes mm. in a whole new direction, and it totally works uh the way mm -hmm. the way that they do it well i would say tbt has transformed my relationship to the nfl season and just just to clarify tbt is is our nickname for a time between times but i would say i am as hyped if not more hyped about the return of tbt as i am as about the return of football in the fall yes yes it's, I don't it's not really even watch football <laughs> But my selections have nothing to do with football anymore. It's 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 that mood that's been established. Yeah. Uh, to the point where now, like, I can pick, you know, some like more emotionally mature songs that with like, uh, you know, more more significant meaning. Um, because you know that we're you know it's it's not about football. It's still tied to football in the literal time that we share it. In a, in a chronology sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I've got a pick coming up that I, I'm like debating sharing because of the the original, you know, the the original uh, source of the time itself. That if if it were still tied to football, would actually 
uh, it, it would be an inappropriate selection. Wow. Um, but it's, it's coming up. Um, I might, I might use it on my next turn. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Wow. Yeah. That's a good teaser for next week. <laughs> One of the selections that I believe it was Nielsen made it's, and it was Nielsen, uh, was Heptapod B, which is a song from the arrival soundtrack starring yep. Amy Adams and, and Jeremy Renner. What was interesting is that when Nielsen brought out that that song, I had not seen the movie yet. So, but like because of the TBT and, you know, times I've listened to it, I, I listened to it a lot when I walked the dog. I was very familiar with this song. And so when I finally got around to watching Arrival sometime in early 2020, when this song came on, it was like, oh, it's Heptapod B. I know this song. I was like, and I got so excited that I briefly like took myself out of the movie and like broke the the mood that I was supposed to be in, that the <laughs> song was supposed to put me in for this for this scene. Cause I was just like jazzed that uh, that a time between the time song was was appearing in the movie. Yes, mm. I had that too recently. I just rewatched Spirited Away and during the famous train scene near the end of the film, they're playing this track called The Sixth Station. And unlike the rest of the soundtrack, I found that I knew it by heart because I had, I had added that to TBT the year before. I believe, yeah, I can see, uh, I can see that. Is there, is the tone, did you like, Where I mean, you've seen the movie before, so it probably yeah. wasn't, wasn't as jarring. Well, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing because I had selected that song because that scene evoked a TBT-like mm -hmm. inner atmosphere yeah. for me very strongly. So I was hyped when I hit upon it because I was like, oh, this is the most time between times atmosphere in any film ever. But now gotcha. having added that song from the soundtrack to a TBT playlist, it, it has this reverse thing where it now connotes tbt in a more explicit sense when i watch it so yeah i like retroactively connected the two yeah when i look over the playlist uh there are some names that pop up a number of times enya is definitely one of them uh hans zimmer is in here a handful mm -hmm. of times uh but I think for the most part, we've gotten to this point where we're, we're now trying to branch out. We're trying to yeah. find something, something mm -hmm. new to add that, you know, in the beginning, you know, when you pick the cranberries, you're picking the cranberries because we all know that song. And you're like, hey, we all know the song and it fits. Now we're very much in the like, hey, guys, I found the song that you probably haven't heard before. Yes. You know, Neil has his, his soundtrack from artsy films. Dave <laughs> has like lo-fi beats and that that he's found in in an, uh alternative versions of songs uh and i still have my my celtic hymns so there's definitely a sense of trying to find something new that people have not have not heard yet which i think is cool and at least the three of us because so far this has this has just been the three of us we haven't like put this out there for anybody else this is kind of the the coming out party yeah i would say this mm -hmm. this podcast is kind of our soft launch of this concept as a, as yeah. a broader <laughs> broader national yeah. what will no doubt become a huge national craze yeah of course. yeah <laughs> um 
I will say there there are a couple of ones where like the timing becomes important and so if you pull the song like if you just look at the song you're like how did that get on there like well it was September was ending and that's why we use Green Day uh, and another one is I have a, the theme from Space Mountain on the playlist and that's because I was literally at Disney World when it was my turn for time between the times and I was like hey this looks good I'll just use, use Space Mountain which is you know meant to simulate a rocket flying through space. So it's like it's topical in a way that you might not realize looking at it after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. biographical elements woven one, in. One you know one one that I'm seeing now is this uh the song New York I love you but you're bringing me down. That might need some context, yeah. Which uh which I think musically has has a theme. Lyrically it's uh it it kind of harkens back more to our initial conversation about uh utilities and manhattan <laughs> apartments so that wasn't as off topic as i thought but i chose that song because it was on my uh leaving new york after a day of kettles playlist yeah uh, so i put that on of december 2018 because i was doing my uh first year of training school and we had our uh <laughs> long days of of standing kettles and that was one of my kind of seeing seeing new york in the rear mirror of the van saying well that was a that was quite a day i'm exhausted hence new york i love you but you're bringing me down and i i stand by that pick it doesn't when you're listening to the playlist especially on shuffle that one doesn't jump out as jarringly out of place but there's a little bit of explanation now i'm not familiar with apple music and title but I assume they have a feature similar to Spotify in which at the bottom of the playlist or somewhere adjacent to the playlist, they have uh, suggestions Mm. of songs for the playlist based on, on what's already there. Mm -hmm. And I confess that I have used some of those to find ideas for other submissions or artists Mm -hmm. that may, that may fit, that may fit there. Um, Particularly ones that, I did not add myself, but that you guys have added and mm-hmm. um, and whatnot. Do they just does Seidel have that? Does Apple Music have that? Yeah, it definitely has something similar. Okay. Where it'll mm-hmm. be like because you listen to Enya, you might also like blah blah blah, and it'll have like fifteen suggestions. No. Which is which is atrocious because Enya is unique <laughs> and singular to yeah. herself. That's there is nobody like her. The algorithm uh, should just break at that point. It should be like because you liked Enya, you might also like zero zero one zero one. Right, Enya. Enya is <laughs> algorithm gotcha. proof. I remember the algorithm kind of breaking down uh, early on when we had only just a handful of songs. So we put you know wait for it from Hamilton, which is the only song from Hamilton that that fits. Yeah, and and even I then, so. even then, mainly lyrically speaking. So it was just listing all the other. Hamilton tracks is like you might want to add this and and we're just like no no room for, no. room where it happens does not fit here nice try no <laughs> you know what I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this you know what was a huge TBT wellspring for me was the movie Blade Runner twenty forty nine that sound the the soundtrack to both the original Blade Runner and Blade Runner twenty forty nine is incredible. And um, has a very TBT ambiance. What's the time here? 
how long did we get into the podcast before Neil brought up Blade Runner? A surprisingly long time, considering yeah. we've been hovering on forty-five you know, minutes or so. Movie soundtracks and yeah. atmospheric Excellent. tones and things. Excellent restraint. Yeah, just I just I'm all about discipline and restraint. But now going slightly off topic, I have not seen Blade Runner twenty forty-nine, but I have seen Blade Runner. Do I need to see Blade Runner twenty forty-nine? I would recommend it. Um, I I appreciate the fact that it's willing to be its own film. It's not one of these like sequels that's coming so much later that it's almost a remake that's kind of slavishly attached to hitting the same beats as the original. It is a artistic film that stands in its own right with a different kind of attitude and different style but it captures, I would say, kind of the, the kernel of whatever aesthetic values Blade Runner fans latched onto in the original film. So I thought it was, as far as these things go, because I often find that when they try to reboot a franchise from the 70s, 80s, 90s like that, it's often disappointing. Uh-huh. I mean you know, obviously the paradigm example is the Star Wars prequels, but at this point, I, I set my expectations low for that kind of thing, but I really love Blade Runner 2049. Okay. That's high praise. I just wondered, because we always talk about Blade Runner. Yeah. This would be the first time uh, that I've heard a, a glowing recommendation for Blade Runner 2049, so I'll have yeah. to look it up. I mean, the original is the original. It's it's just kind of a classic, like, genre, literally genre-defining movie but i i thought this one was like a worthy successor you know good to know but i specifically focusing on the soundtrack it has an excellent soundtrack and some of the songs on it that are most evocative of a tbt mood are also played over very tbt suggestive scenes in the context of the movie so I think I must I must have got at least two submissions, if not more, from mm-hmm. just from that soundtrack alone. Wow. I mean, I got looks. I got a lot from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I got one from Thor Ragnarok, which is like a whole TBT mood, right? And then I got one from Infinity War. Portals, yeah. And then Portals. Portals was Portals was like the unanimous first week suggestion yeah, last that was, year. Like that had to go. I don't on think there. that counted for anybody's selection. Well, you, like, oh, I think that was this. like a group. That was like on behalf of the group, right? Right. That was right. the that was the TBT equivalent of the Patriots all coming out of the tunnel as a team in the Super Bowl. Yeah, very much so. Um, I got a couple from Game of Thrones. I remember. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was, guy. The, the, that composer from Game of Thrones, Raman Jawadi, I think is his name. Yeah. Is a, a lot of his stuff is, is perfect for that kind of atmosphere. Right. Uh, and then things like the Skyrim uh, mm-hmm. soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I, I had to prevent myself from just because uh, it's, it's a video game. So the soundtrack's three hours long, mm-hmm. and two thirds of it is well within the range of TBT. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I only have a couple selections that um, that I am, am very proud of. <laughs> yes, I, I uh, would say 
the the song "Wind Guide You," which I think was yours, mm-hmm. your your submission, it from from the Skyrim soundtrack is one of the best TBT submissions. One yeah, of the yeah, more it's like it's like that like kind of the credit song of of Skyrim, like you you beat the boss and sort of roles in that context of uh uh so in that way it's it's almost like a, a tbt kind of cap like yes. the time's now over you know in a way but it's, it's still yeah it's it's not as much as like i'm in this as like i've come through this time that's that's how i feel i, I listen to a lot when i'm like driving away from some sort of like major mm. event mm. or like i've accomplished something uh, I feel the same way about the song "Time" from Inception, um, composed by Hans Zimmer. That kind of end, end, like we did it. And then the case of Inception is like, well, did they do it? Which is one of the dun, dun, dun. yeah, sort of the 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 twist, non-twist ending of Inception really captures that TBT mood of between. Yeah, one of the more whimsical suggestions was the. Uh, romance theme from Zelda Skyward Sword. <laughs> that was Lavasa's, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. I love it so much. It's just, it's certainly not the same as Disturbed's Sound of Silence or Hans Zimmer, but there's just something like lighthearted and whimsical, but it still totally falls uh, into the realm of. It, it's almost uh, like a different. Times a different take on the same concept and that yeah you know it's it's this uh you know the, the title kind of says it all romance in the air and then in that moment uh, you know you have two people falling in love and in that sense time stops and everything around ceases to matter while well, it's just you know all you're all you're thinking about is this other person but it's it's much more lighthearted than to you get know, disturbed or uh you know some of the infinity war selections but you know, yeah. when, when you're listening to this pod, this uh, not podcast playlist, it's close to five hours long now. Um, yeah, it is. So you know, if you're if you were trying to listen to this on a on a long drive, for example, you need those uh, more lighthearted breaks to to sort of keep you keep you somewhat grounded. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say that. Uh, I, I mean, I would almost not recommend listening to it all at once because uh, it's because that can be that can be a lot that can be pretty heavy but um yeah i agree that you need some some lighthearted submissions in some ways wake me up when september ends just feels comical in comparison to the rest of the playlist as does angel by sarah mclaughlin Th- those are somewhat like ironic choices yeah like the Almost... like the like the meme songs Right, particularly Angel, we were like, this song fits, but we didn't really know how to find other songs yet. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, Angel is on there, but, I mean, that's like a, like, I hit next every time that song comes on. I know you're not supposed to hit next on the time between the times, but... Is that like a sacrilege but, to skip a track? Well, I mean, sometimes Angel, I'll be listening to it, sometimes I'll be listening to it while I do work, and some song, some songs are a little bit more like actively engaging than others. Like we have these, these mood music pieces. Uh, and if I'm trying to read or something, I probably couldn't listen to um, the sound of silence. Like I, I would have to just stop reading, take in the song and then move on. So if I'm 
if I'm working on something, I, I'll hit next on a on a song, especially especially when I'm shuffling because I don't pay for Spotify premium. I yeah, I understand that. I just I get to the point now, particularly with uh, Sarah McLaughlin, where the song like the that dog commercial, that sad animal commercial, just ruined it. The song, and yeah. you know what I mean. Like you can't hear that song and not see those sad puppies at this point, and it's like ah. Oh. As we discussed famously in our terrible Christmas songs episode, it's like the Christmas shoes where it's it's like so sad that you like have to laugh. Like this yeah. this is like designed in a lab to be sad. Um, right. And if if you kind of let yourself like, I, I, I get carried away and I like I'll start crying and then realize like no this is like comedically sad. Yeah, it certainly has become that way. Yeah. Uh, but so the the rules of of tbt are every week we each we sorry every week one of us adds a song and we go uh like in in order nielsen dave dave nielsen dave dave uh and the song comes out like as soon as that final game ends and Mm -hmm. hopefully we have the opportunity to listen to it then sometimes it doesn't work with kids uh at this point um but then we update the playlist so uh the playlist if you you can search for it on spotify um can you is it is it like can you add to it on on title not add to it can you listen can you find it on title probably not i don't think it's public but i should try and find a way to do that yeah i don't think anybody else can can add songs to it uh, besides besides dave and i uh but anybody can listen to it uh and now it's like a real playlist that's like five hours long so yeah, if, uh, if you are listening to the podcast, there's a good chance that you would be into uh, into the playlist, and there's a new song every single week on it, so fun mm-hmm. to, to follow along. And now, there's a good chance you've never even heard of the of the artist. It's not even an idea. Um, but listen, if you have an idea for a TBT song, uh, don't tell us. Or don't tell all of us. <laughs> only tell one of us yeah. so that they can t- only tell one of us to yeah. one of us discreetly. <laughs> right. So that yeah. we can so that we can say like, oh yeah, that's the idea. Because if you send it to all of us, then we're gonna be like, well, I can't use that now. They're gonna know that I I didn't put any effort into picking this song. So yeah. <laughs> don't Nielsen, write it on the Facebook page. Nielsen has like a backlog, I believe. Oh yeah. Of, this yeah. year. Last year he did not have a backlog. Uh, last year he was scrambling at the last minute a number of times and I scolded him for it. Oh, I must so, have been, I need to get my head in the game. I don't remember that. I must not have been taking it seriously. Yeah, it was well, last year. This year you're, you're taking it much more seriously. Um, and well, I have, also I have some, li- some hang time. On. Yeah, I've, I've had, I've had some of them lined up, but then you guys went on mm-hmm. this rant about how our choices have matured. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, I got gun shy and yeah, I, I switched like, oh, up. Oh, no. <laughs> so the, the song that I submitted on this past Sunday is not what was supposed to go uh, on, on this week. Wait, so was it was it Hallelujah? It was not <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> like, the one that I specifically called out is like, that was a, that's not a, the, like a not the season Jeff, pick. Not the like, Jeff Buckley version. <laughs> you're like, I was going to send Hallelujah, but then I decided that's basic and I'm not into it. David Eric's like, quietly deleting hallelujah from yeah. his notes app or whatever. No, there's a good chance at some point, there's a good chance I'm going to throw it out there and you guys are going to be like, hmm, I guess we found out, I guess this one was the week one submission that he's been trying to hide. 
But I would say I, if, I think it belongs there. I think yeah. it belongs there. I just don't want to pick it right at this time. I might run out of picks and then just put it on there. <laughs> I have begun yeah. hunting for TBT selections all year round. Like it's beyond the yeah. NFL season now. Like I'll see a movie in April or May that has a scene in it that's very TBT, and I'm like jotting down notes, like, oh, this is for next year, you know. So I, I have a side playlist on my title app of my future submissions for TBT. Mm-hmm. It's like That's Nielsen's smart. proposed TBT. Yeah. So like as we come into this Sunday, I believe it's my turn this Sunday. I'll just go it through is. it and be like, hmm, what should I uh, – yeah, what should I – yeah. I've got one. I've got one lined up right now, and it's the one that I'm like a little bit nervous about sharing. Now I'm I'm fascinated. You, this has been a very good promotion for it. I'm like, what is this going to be? Yeah, be good. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna come with an explanation that I'm I'm gonna save because I have to I have to kind of write it out. Uh, but I, I also have a side project where this month I've been sharing uh, different covers and remixes and versions okay. of the song "Wake Me Up When September Ends" mm-hmm. um, with a with the help of my friend Jimmy Funky Fresh Hughes who's uh, quite adept at finding these just weird YouTube mixes where like it's uh, green day, but it's also all star by smash mouth. Um, so I, I, I have, I have one more to share with you this evening. I'm excited for that. See, this is the thing. I feel like we're so hooked on this music sharing subculture that TBT has fostered that we're now starting parallel side playlists. Mm-hmm kind of built on the same model of like a periodic yeah. anthology of thematically linked music, you know. But I've also begun to ascribe TBT characteristics to other media outside <laughs> of songs. Like I've been doing these Shakespeare readings over Zoom during lockdown and I'll be like, Midsummer Night's Dream is TBT. The Queen Matt Beach. Yeah by Mercutio is TBT. Macbeth is TBT, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, sh- I just think William Shakespeare would have loved this. That's what. I- that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> we have the hypothetical stamp of approval from the bard himself. Yes, exactly. I'm just imagining How Shakespeare, many... like, sending, like, a like a lute sonnet to his, <laughs> his friends. <laughs> How many like, other... Check out this uh, nocturne. <laughs> How many other collaborative playlists that get added between football games can compete with that? I'm just saying. Yeah, that's what I love about it is that this started out as kind of an offhand joke relating to the scheduling of NFL Sunday programming. And now it's become something I think of when I hear the Queen Mab speech from Romeo and Juliet. Like that's how far the arc has extended, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, unless you guys have any other thoughts, I think that's a good a good place to wrap this up. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do that... have other thoughts, but it's been <laughs> I've <laughs> shared substantive, enough of them. Substantive dialogue. I think I've shared everything I wanted to say. I think it, it is interesting how it's evolved as a concept into almost a lifestyle. <laughs> it's mm. become just TBT is just a state of mind, you know. Yeah. Right. Runaway is in all time, a time between times. Yes. 
the off season is the longest time between the times. Yes. I always thought yeah. that was a good observation that there's a side of me that's a little melancholy at the end of the Super Bowl when there's no football for another six or seven months. But then one of us observed that it's like, in a way, the greatest and longest TBT has now begun. So The yeah. true time between the times. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, on this episode of Two Officers and a Gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to check out the playlist on Spotify. Just search for Time Between the Times. And, uh, I'll, and uh, good... I'll share it when we when we publish this. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so there you go. You can just follow the link on the Facebook page. Um, and hopefully we will uh, see you guys next time. All right. Hey, have a great night.